And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Uh, it was a, a busy, apparently, a weekend uh, as far as our headlines go this morning. There's a lot of grounds to cover. So if you don't mind, let's jump right in. Uh, as always, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. Abe Memorial. So President Yoon Suk-yeol will soon visit a memorial altar set up by the Japanese embassy in Korea to pay his respects to Japan's former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. So what's the latest? Right. Well, uh, Prime Minister Han Dok-soo and Foreign Minister Park Jin are expected to accompany Yoon. And that altar uh, that you mentioned will be set up today by the Japanese embassy in Korea. Uh, also, the government plans to send a delegation to Japan for uh, an official memorial service over there. Now, the delegation going there will be led by Prime Minister Han, as well as the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly, Chong Jin's Hark. Now, a detailed schedule has not been decided yet because no date has yet been set for the formal memorial service that's mm. being held um, in Japan. Uh, Yoon has no plan to travel to Japan uh, himself, apparently due to uh, security reasons. Uh, the president and other Korean political and business leaders expressed their condolences shortly after Abe's assassination. Uh, the former prime min- uh, uh, president, rather, excuse me, uh, Moon Jae-in, who often had tense relations with the Abe administration, uh, also expressed his condolences through social media. Um, uh, just to give a little bit of background on what happened, uh, Abe died from uh, injuries that were sustained from a shooting while delivering a campaign speech ahead of Japan's uh, upper house elections. Mm. Uh, world leaders, uh, past and present, also expressed shock and sadness at Abe's death. Mm. Uh, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, will also pay a brief condolence visit to Japan this week, uh, delaying a trip back to the US after traveling um, to Bali, and he was in Bali for trilateral talks, in fact, with his South Korean and Japanese counterparts mm-hmm. uh, as well. It was the first such meeting, in fact, since the launch um, of mm-hmm. the UN administration. So, yes, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, repercussions and reverberations uh, throughout mm-hmm. the world uh, after Abe's assassination, indeed. Mm. The shockwaves are still very much present. Um, We will discuss a little bit more details of the deadly shooting on our world news portion and also get the political angle, as you mentioned, an upper house election went to a a victory for, well, those who supported Abe and had condolences and maybe even swayed by the assassination. We'll get the details of that in our second hour. Let's turn our attention to the latest North Korean provocations. This is our second keyword of the day. Artillery shots. So North Korea appears to have conducted artillery firing drills and yet another provocation. This comes days after the U.S. deployed fighter jets to South Korea for joint training. So what's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so it's pretty much expected uh, after those fighter jets were deployed to South Korea that North Korea would conduct uh, yet another provocation. Uh, South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said it detected uh, the trajectories of what appeared to be shots fired by North Korea, possibly from multiple rocket launchers and it added that the shots were detected after 6 p.m. yesterday uh, and that the military had strengthened surveillance and alert levels. Uh, North Korean often test fires these medium or mid-ranged, uh, medium to long rather, range uh, missiles during 
military drills. And in recent years, has also developed larger versions of such uh, rockets as well. Mm. Um, smaller rockets and missiles are seen as central to North Korea's plan for striking targets in South Korea in the events of a conflict. So on the international level, on the UN Security Council level, mm. it's not really seen as that much of a bigger deal. But for South Korea, of course, because it is within firing range right. uh, and in the crosshairs of North Korea, Here in South Korea, it is a bit more of a concern. Uh, the Presidential National Security Office uh, held a meeting over the North's firing. It said it was closely monitoring the situation along with the U.S. Um, some experts say North Korea is attempting to perfect its weapons technology and boost its bargaining chip in future possible negotiations with the U.S. Uh, in order to win sanctions relief or security guarantees. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, six U.S. Uh, F-35 fighter jets arrived in South Korea for their first temporary deployment here since late 2017. They'll be joining South Korean fighter jets for a joint training session. Um, North Korea typically views such joint exercises as an invasion rehearsal mm -hmm. and responds with its own weapon tests. So right. uh, that seems to be what has happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, but Seoul and Washington, of course, as always, have repeatedly said they have no intentions of attacking um, North Korea, uh, saying their drills are purely defensive in nature. Right. Uh, uh, but North Korea doesn't really buy that. Uh, right. They don't really agree necessarily with the narrative that the South Korean and the American side has been projecting. And, and honestly, to the latest provocation, South Korea and the U.S. Uh, firmly stands by their kind of repeated stance where they say we have the readiness posture, ready for dialogue, and so on forth. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. U.S. Ambassador to South Korea. So the new U.S. Ambassador to South Korea, Philip Goldberg, has arrived in Seoul to start his work. He expected to have a busy schedule right off the bat in North Korea's evolving military threats, even though it's expected. I mean, it, it does seem like they have to adhere to these circumstances. That's right. So now this post had actually been vacant since the start of the Biden administration uh, a year and a half ago. Right. And so it's been quite a while since that post, which some would presume would have been one of the first ones to be filled, mm -hmm. uh, had been actually uh, vacant. There's been a bit of a, a hiatus in that spot. Now, uh, Goldberg is himself a veteran diplomat who served in various roles. Uh, he was actually the coordinator for the implementation of UN Security Council Resolution 1874, which dealt with North Korea's nuclear tests. Uh, most recently, he served as ambassador to Colombia, uh, and, he'll, and he is now in Seoul for his new role. Um, he told reporters at Intern Airport that he was honored to represent the American people and President Biden at what he called this very important moment mm. in the allies' relation. Uh, Goldberg is expected to focus on following up on the May summit deal that happened between Biden and Yoon, where they agreed to upgrade bilateral relations to a global comprehensive strategic alliance. Mm. Uh, Goldberg also noted that South Korea uh, is admired around the world for the quote, hard work and ingenuity of its people. Uh, and during his confirmation hearing in April, he mm. called for North Korea's comprehensive, verifiable and irreversible denuclearization. So, of course, mm. um, as with past top diplomats uh, of, from the US to South Korea, North Korea is going to be one of the main focus points of mm. his duties here.
I only chuckle at the hard work and ingenuity of its people because, mm. yes, I think apparently we're defined by our work hard, play hard mode across the globe. <laughs> work hard, play hard indeed, yeah. yes. All right. And on to our fourth keyword of the day. Government briefings. So President Yoon will begin receiving policy briefings from each ministry beginning today. What can we expect? It's going to start with, I think, a pressing issue, the state of our economy, um, financial policies, and so on forth. That's right. So the briefings, yes, uh, they will be the first since Yoon took office on May 10th. And as you said, it will start with the finance ministry today. Uh, and then the trade and SMEs ministries tomorrow and the Science and Labour Ministries, which is going to be happening on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, a presidential official said the new government's first policy briefings will be held in a, a slightly different style than before, with emphasis on giving what this official called practical briefings. Uh, the minister of each ministry will apparently personally come to the president's office to report, accompanied by only one other senior official, from their ministry. So it'll pretty much be a maximum of two mm. people reporting to the president. Uh, now, participants from the presidential office will include Yoon's chief of staff and the relevant senior presidential secretary. So there'll be more people from the presidential side than there will be for the ministries. Now, under previous administrations, policy briefings usually involved at least 10 ministry officials, including uh, mm. the minister. Um, now, the discussions are expected to centre on administrative tasks, people livelihood issues and regulatory and public sector reforms. Mm. Uh, economic issues uh, such as rising inflation uh, are also likely to be, uh, to be discussed, starting with that finance ministry briefing um, today. Uh, meanwhile, the presidential office stressed that the UN government considers economic security and people's livelihoods as equally important. There mm. have been reports that UN may be putting more emphasis uh, on people's livelihoods more so than economic security. Mm. Uh, this came after UN actually cancelled a scheduled visit to a, a groundbreaking ceremony for a semiconductor cluster in Yongin. Mm. But uh, the presidential office is saying um, is one isn't more important than the other. The government is dealing with both issues uh, with equal importance. And so it's uh, kind of doing a uh, rejecting those rumors that uh, one's being put on the back burner than the other. Mm. And finally, on to our last keyword of the day. COVID cases rebound. So Korea appears to be at the start of another COVID-19 wave, according to authorities, with the number of daily new infections nearly doubling in a week. Uh, what's the latest and should we be concerned by KDCA standards? Well, uh, there, is, there is a bit of a mixed message okay. there in terms of whether we should be uh, concerned. But one of the main reasons that there has been a bit of a rebound in cases is because of this growing presence of the Omicron subvariant known as BA.5. Now, over the weekend, the number of cases counted daily uh, topped 20,000. Uh, that figure has not been passed since mid-May, which was in the aftermath of the spring Omicron wave. Um, in terms of the latest figures, as of 9pm yesterday, there were over 12,000 cases. Uh, and there's, also, there's expected to be more reported today because cases are counted till midnight. Uh, now, over the most recent seven-day period... About 17,500 cases were reported per day on average, and that marks a 92% jump from the prior period. Uh, Igiil, who is the Vice Minister of Health, said last week that key metrics indicated 
a possible arrival of resurgence in his words. Uh, he said he prompted, uh, it said it prompted a need for a return for more caution. Mm. Uh, he didn't really specifically say whether that would mean more uh, COVID-19 restrictions. Um, but top health officials have identified waning immunity, uh, an increase in travel over the summer holiday, mm -hmm. and most worryingly, of course, the uh, BA.5's growing share is among the main risks that could bring on another wave over the summer. Uh, the KDCA says BA.5 appears to elude prior immunity more easily compared to earlier versions of Omicron, namely the BA.1 and BA.2, mm. uh, which were behind the spring wave that peaked in March. Um, but health officials and even senior, uh, uh, sorry, uh, health experts and mm. even senior health officials are kind of mixed in their assessments on whether another wave will come. Uh, senior health official Sun Yong Ne said the rates of severe infections and deaths are anticipated to be lower this time around um, if another wave should come our way. He said that generally speaking, one's immune system will be primed to respond to another infection uh, after a COVID-19 uh, COVID exposure. So even yeah. officials from the same ministry are kind of delivering mixed messages on whether we should be concerned um, so we'll have to wait and see um, how this new subvariant BA.5 develops uh, mm. and what the caseload is going to be like and what the trend is going to be like. The theme has always been vigilance, but with relaxed restrictions. And I know what that sounds like, but I mean, three years into the pandemic and living with the conditions, I think we've acclimated. Uh, I had to travel down to Digital Island over the weekend and it, it was incredibly crowded no matter where I went. And I realized, OK, so people are traveling a lot more. And it was my first time to see that firsthand. But everyone is pretty um, vigilant about mask wearing, especially in social distancing. That's a bare minimum we can do in, in facing these conditions um an uptick in numbers is still a red flag nonetheless is it not yeah and there's a, still a lot of events and uh open concerts now that are right. happening uh that's causing more risk of uh, resurgence as well i mean most notably recently there uh, there was the uh sai uh Hunbukshu, uh concert right. that happened uh, and there's a lot more concerts and uh outdoor uh, events with a lot of uh, spraying of water cannons, uh, which, uh, of course, increases the risk of infection. And I saw a lot of the images of that mm. side concert, as well as other events, where a lot of people weren't actually wearing masks, yeah. but they are clustered together uh, in a big crowd. So, of mm. course, that does uh, bring about uh, more risks of more infections. Mm. So, yes, there are some who are vigilant, but there are also <laughs> people who are kind of less vigilant now than they were before. Uh, but the me overall message is that we should still keep our guard up. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, mm. uh, COVID-19 is not completely gone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. Thanks for providing the managed uh, perspective. I've conveniently forgotten that that happened recently. All yeah. right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adam, for a thorough coverage as always. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.